Hey, what's going on, Andrea? Welcome, welcome back to the Shift Show. It's been forever since we recorded this. It so has. I we're just going to power through the intro of it. Yeah, we might be a little rusty. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm ready to... How long has it been since we actually recorded? I know that like that we released some like older episodes or like backlogged ones or whatever, but it's been like six months, it feels like. I don't even know. Long but time. we are back. We've mm-hmm. got some interesting stuff for our new season. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited to be here to do this with you today. Yeah, absolutely. I I have been, uh, yeah, you, you just don't know what you're missing kind of thing until <laughs> we're back, right? So yeah, I think it's also interesting. Our topic um, really ties into, it's been, it's been a crazy couple months. So yeah, yeah. For, uh, for people at home who are recording this, uh, one of the last days of July, 2022, uh, the world's a weird place, uh, lots of uh, unknowns. Uh, and we're going to kind of talk about like, how do you stay sane in a world where things are weird and this is not it's not just right now it's very relevant all the time but particularly in society today I think it's a more important issue yeah I think it's like how do you manage those external stressors Mm -hmm. how do you reduce the noise so that you can live a beautiful happy calm peaceful productive focused all those things existence Mm -hmm. because there's just so much of it right now totally yeah 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 and like external stressors right so like what do we mean by that like like yeah what do we mean by an ex that that, that's a very like technical type of term very psych yeah yeah psychs yeah well i think if we look at it right now we're kind of coming out of you know the lockdowns and the pandemic and the covid and all of that and we're hearing stuff constantly in news now about you know rising inflation and gas is going through the roof and there's going to be supply chain shortages and there's all this political division and what's going on with that and i don't know davos is taking over the world or whatever like, they're doing germany's going to run out of gas in yeah. the winter or oh, whatever yeah. yeah and there might be a world war 3 situation yeah. and so on and so on. yeah and then europe's going to freeze and yeah. the dollar's being this and stocks are tanking and there are all of these things and we're hearing about them constantly. Mm-hmm. And they are things that affect almost everyone, right? Like the yeah. price of gas, that's a lot of people. And then the food, I eat, you eat. Like yeah. everybody's kind of got to do that a little bit. Um, housing, that's a whole nother thing. Like mm-hmm. the, what's going to happen to the real estate market with you've got these rising interest rates. And most Making people be live able to afford place. my mortgage. Or, yeah, yeah. Or, or can I buy one? Can I get into the market? Or whatever the thing is. And we're hearing this at an unprecedented rate now, Mm -hmm. right? Because we've had that whole, like, you know, the information era. We come out of the, you know, the internet's a thing now, and everybody can have access to so much information. Everybody's all excited about that. And what do we have? We have a situation where we have access to more and more information. And then with the rise of social media, it's different because now we're not going on and, like, looking stuff up. The stuff is just being, like, boom, popped into, like, over and over and over on like a literal loop and i think that that's taking up so much space in our brains and it we haven't evolved the human animal hasn't evolved yet to handle that many inputs Mm -hmm. and inputs that we don't select which is another thing Mm -hmm. and it's just about these problems that we also wouldn't have seen at scale right we go back to our little caveman day we're like we're looking about our hunger our tribe's safety very insular very small and mm-hmm. now you've got like well what's happening with global warming or the war in ukraine or you know the calibration of the monetary fiat system or whatever and you're like mm-hmm. i don't know little walnut brain is like i don't know about what to do about those well, things and if you think of it from like an evolutionary standpoint of like what is and like a you know sort of what <laughs> our brain is designed for two generations ago 
w- w- people were thinking about like, oh, I'm gonna read the local paper, and like two <laughs> generations before that, it was like, Radio. how are how are my crops doing? Well, exactly. Right? Like, how, what's what's happening in my town or in my village mm-hmm. or what's going on with my neighbor? And you keep going back to that. And obviously there were problems. It's not like, oh, two generations ago, everything was golden. It's just I think that the amount we are aware of the problems now mm-hmm. is huge. And the amount of problems that aren't necessarily directly relevant to us that still come into our minds, mm-hmm. way bigger. And then you get other things like comparative factors. Let's go through a couple of the things that are going on okay. now. And we'll talk about what we're seeing kind of in our client populations and what we know a little bit about what it does to our walnut, our pre-evolutionary, not pre-evolutionary, but, mm. you know, early caveman brain and all of that stuff. Well, and I, I like <clears throat> I, I feel like going into this conversation too, uh, just letting people know, like, don't worry, we're going to tell you what to do about this. So, like, we're not here to just only stress you out. Oh, I thought we were just going to do the thing where we just talk about all the shit and then be like, ah, oh, yeah, some things to think about. <laughs> Have yeah. a good day. No, yeah. we're not going to do that because the whole point of it is to answer that question of how do I manage this? Like, yeah. how do I best manage this so that I can get back into that, like, happy space or stay in that happy space? Because that's yeah. another thing is that consistent maintenance of that challenging yeah totally. and it's kind of work in progressy thing especially when you've stuff. especially when you've got like you know with with i know often it's it's invoked to like kind of shit on social media in general but mm-hmm. we literally have entire algorithms and business models that are based on how do we keep your attention for the longest and the best way to do that is to trigger your stress response yeah because right? that's you're you're calibrated to pay attention to threats yeah so I don't know if they did it on purpose or whatever, but I don't, yeah, I, I don't, I might. I know. I haven't chatted with them. Yeah. There's, knows? there's different I, camps on that. The either, not either. everybody meant to, but some of them probably did. hundred percent. And also, or they let it happen. And not everybody right? knows what triggers everybody too, right? Yeah. <clears throat> like sometimes you can look at, you know, a scene. I know I was talking to a client a while ago and one of her biggest triggers was seeing a happy couple walking in the park. Because mm. she's having trouble, like with the dating thing, and then you mm-hmm. know, time pressure, and wants to have a baby, blah 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 blah. And so, you know, there's different things in there as well. Now, those are kind of the more nuanced things. There's some stuff that there's probably zero population on the planet that's going to listen to certain news stories or whatever mm-hmm. and be like, "Well, it's a great day in wherever." Yeah, out of that, right? And we know certain things do cause that threat response more than others. One of them that we're hearing a lot about right now is this whole like supply chain, food shortages, Inflation. like on repeat. Yeah. Anytime there is a threat of I'm not going to have my resources, your walnut yeah. brain, your like caveman brain is like a threat. Registers that for sure as a threat. Big problem. Scarcity complex. That's gone up. We're all still very concerned about having the stuff that we need to survive. Mm -hmm. And your walnut brain is very calibrated to focus on that survival thing. Totally. Right? But it doesn't understand how to talk to that evolved part of your brain, the Mm -hmm. cognitive part of your brain, to necessarily make sense of it. So what you're doing is you're invoking this response, Mm -hmm. and then you're like walking around with it. Yeah. Right? Like it has has no uh, end point. Yeah. And then and then you do it again later. You're like, oh, now I'm off work. Now I'm going to like scroll through TikTok or whatever. And then it's like, boom, 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 more of that, more of that, more of that. And the other thing is, if we go back into like caveman days and we're hanging out. So you and I are in like mm-hmm. a little caveman tribe now. And you're sitting around the fire. Maybe we're cooking some meat, whatever. And we see something in the distance rustling. Mm-hmm. And we're like, ooh, could be predator. Mm-hmm. 
That this has is Joe from down the down, like two miles down the road in his tribe, and he's going to come steal our food or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're like, oh no, there's a threat there. So threat registered once, mm-hmm. and then there's an action taken. We're not just going to keep hanging out cooking our food mm-hmm. if we think that there's a threat over there. But now what we're doing is we're looking at these threats. Oh no, threat f- food supply. Oh no, inflation. Oh no, gas prices. Oh no, this. Oh no, the. Oh no, da 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 da. And there's no action with it. And there's no time to process and like kind of evaluate that threat either. So say we look over there and we're like, oh no, that is uh, it's like, like the that equivalent is an of enemy just like tribe. like you just like oh look over there and all so over there and they're like oh shit we're surrounded yeah. and there and there and there and there and there and there and you're just like I don't even know if these are our people coming back or if it's the other tribe that's trying to like you know take our stuff or boom. So what does the human animal do? The same thing that we see animals do, right? If they get overwhelmed. You got a couple of responses, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to run, right? Mm-hmm. But we're not doing that because we're parked on our couch or wherever. Yeah. Um, you're going to fight it. Well, how are you doing that? You can't fight it. Like, I can't be like, oh, bad Ukraine Keyboard story. Warriors. That's what happens. Yeah. I'm not, right? I'm not beating Putin up, right? Mm-hmm. So that's not happening. So then we go to the other one, which is that freeze. Yeah. So it's just an avoidance response. We get like kind of like frozen, encapsulated, and then... Then there's more and more on top of that. So it like doubles down, doubles down, doubles down more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And then you have your kid coming in the living room being like, I don't feel well. And you're like, oh, great. Yeah. And it's just whoosh, maximum. Yeah. And then we do that on repeat, like mm-hmm. over and over and over without even the time to process that that is what's happening. Mm-hmm. So people are getting into a really strange sort of situation. We see this reflected in the rates of, suicidality, addiction, all of um, all of your mental health concerns. But if we're seeing rates of mental health concerns, you know, your official clinical diagnoses kind of stuff, what is happening in on the other end of that spectrum, like in the mid-range, mm. right? Like are we are we moving away from having really satisfied, joyful, purposeful, content and peaceful existences? It certainly seems that way. You know, it's interesting because I, I like I, I hear that, and then I also there's a shoot. What's the book? Uh, the is it the Rational Optimist? Have you, read, have you mm. heard this one? I think that's what it's called. Anyway, basically, just the the idea that like a lot of it is is the fact that like although in spite of the fact that all of these things are being thrown at us all the time. If you look at what are the stats of like how many people died due to like war or due to poverty or due to X Y Z thing, right? Uh, world's actually doing pretty good, right? It's, we're doing better than we, and not to say that things that we don't have things to work on, but like we're generally humanity is trending in the right direction, definitely. Uh, and so, like with both of those <clears throat> happening at the same time, part of it as well is is how much of this is actually a reflection on what's actually going on, like how uncommon is this actually and how much of it is you've got a freaking computer in your hand 24-7 that is very eager to tell you how terrible it is because it keeps you engaged. Yeah, it's uh, managing the distortion. Mm -hmm. I think that's one piece of it. And then the other thing that I think people aren't having the time to do that is like time in that processing spectrum is evaluate that threat. So like, again, if we're back in our little caveman scenario, we have time to look and be like, oh, wait, that's Joe. He took our bananas last time. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know how to fix this situation. Can you go get the club and we'll mm-hmm. go chase Joe away? Like, it's that's not too fast, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you have time to evaluate it, but time like, to make a plan. But, like, using that at this point, like, we, we now have, 
you know, somebody within our own tribe, even who's like, who's, who's going to very eager to tell everybody, Oh, there's that Joe again. He's going to make up all these stories about how terrible Joe is. Remember when? Yeah, exactly. Right. And it's just like, Oh, okay. Because we've got systems right now mm -hmm. in place that feed off sensationalism, Mm -hmm. right? Whether it's social media and the comments, you know, somebody posts a video, you see how many like they're like that anonymous comment thing where there's so much like blah, blah, blah. And that person looks fat there. And they're like a terrible, stupid idiot and Mm -hmm. stuff that we wouldn't say. So pulling away those social connections and like putting more anonymity on things is very foreign to humans. We're not used to interacting in an anonymous fashion. Mm -hmm. I can't come up and just insult you without having a consequence. Mm -hmm. When we do the anonymous thing, we remove the consequence and then we get inundated with a whole bunch of negativity. So that's like Mm -hmm. one interesting twist with it. Mm -hmm. And we know that that's happening more and more. We see that also in increased like in the cyberbullying realm, but also with adults, right? Mm -hmm. Then you throw on some nice cancel culture stuff. That's Mm -hmm. great too. So it's like, oh, if you say the wrong thing, Zach, on this podcast, then we're going to cancel you. You're going to fire from your job. Mm -hmm. You're not going to have a livelihood. Like that's a weird, insane amount of pressure and internal policing because it stops people from being able to explore their own thoughts or, or whatever it is. Yeah. So we've got that going on. The other thing is, With the whole lockdown situation and the pandemic and all of that, what we saw is people are at home more, right? Yep. At home, we're bored. What do we do when we're bored? Well, well, now we've got all of these pacifiers. Doom scroll. Yeah. Doom scroll. You've got we've got increased drinking, increased drug use. There's an opiate crisis going on right now. We've got increased porn usage, like. There's a whole bunch of stuff there, the binge watching. Like that became part of our vernacular to be like, oh, what'd you do this weekend? Oh, I binge watched Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. That just translates to I sat down and had an external input in my head for like 13 hours where I didn't have to think and could be a fucking zombie. Mm-hmm. Like that's what that means. Mm-hmm. And we're like, yeah, that's fine. That seems mm-hmm. reasonable. Um, and also how foreign is that, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're not sitting around the fire late at night because uh, I'm playing the fiddle or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is what I imagine people did before. Mm-hmm. Um, we now yeah. we're having all of these things eclipse what I think is probably the thing that humans value the most, like probably more than health, probably mm-hmm. more than social connection. There's another mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And that's um, our thoughts, mm-hmm. right? Because if you don't have that, like it's the keystone to everything that you do, everything that you are, everything that you manifest, everything that you will, like whether it's legacy, accomplishment, health, connection, all that. Like if you don't get that going on, the thinking thing, and how to look at that and develop a mindset of abundance that's going to work for you and of productivity, none of that can happen. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing the trends in the behavioral outputs and the mental health health kind of stuff and the emotional outputs of what happens when we don't allocate and don't create like the proper mindset. Sounds like, it sounds like that, like when you say that, like what's really important is our, like our thoughts. Do you mean like, like our autonomy, like to have that independent of, of input or like both? Like I think it is just the ability to think, Mm -hmm. right. And to think unfettered and not be like mindful or to not be an autopilot. Yeah, hundred percent. Because here's the thing: if I'm just scrolling and letting like whatever come into my head, I'm not actively thinking or generating anything. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So even if I'm watching like a guy cooking and I'm like, oh, you know, Parmesan garlic bread, there's yeah. not necessarily that like next part where I'm going to impact my life by like going and making the Parmesan garlic bread and enjoying it or whatever. Right. It's just like next thing, next thing, next thing. So it's literally occupying your mind. So you can't make plans. You can't be creative, can't be innovative. You can't do any of the stuff because all of your mental resources are being misallocated to something mm-hmm. else. And I'm not saying like never, ever, ever. It's kind of like the uh, healthy diet thing. Mm-hmm. It's a volume thing. But what we saw when people are at home or they're locked down, I was going to say locked up, mm-hmm. a little Freudian slip there. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, when they're locked down, it's like we are reaching for what's easy because that's what the walnut brain is trained to do, right? Seek mm-hmm. the like high fat food or whatever. Do what's easy to occupy us and what's easy to remove the negative emotion of boredom is a lot of that stuff that starts to occupy your mind and take your autonomy away mm-hmm. because you can't have autonomy if you don't have thoughts, mm-hmm. right? Like you can't, you're not making any decisions for yourself. Yeah. You're yeah. just doing, you're not doing it intentionally. You're just kind of like, oh, whatever, yeah. whatever. I'm already stressed enough as it is. I'm tuning out because I'm just in survival mode over here. And so I, I, I don't have room to actually stop and think. And, and, and I do think that there's a certain amount of like, of um like i guess one question would be like is thinking and maybe this is like a this is something that is maybe a myth that people accept that we need to like kind Mm -hmm. of attack a little bit um but i think i I could hear that like some people would say oh well that is a luxury for people who can afford to do that right what if i'm like working nonstop or what if i'm whatever right like Mm -hmm. i don't have time is is one of the things yeah i I have this argument with clients like fairly often of you know, can you set aside an hour to like plan and think and ponder and figure out what you want to do? No, I can't. I'm too busy. I got to run here. I got to do this thing. And then I got to like, da, 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 da. But then you also go, okay, uh, fine. Can I see your screen usage for the week? Yeah. Different kind of, different conversation completely after that. Cause yeah. it's like, damn it. I got caught. I'm going to detention. Just kidding. But yeah. there, we always have a bit of time. I think it varies how much time, right? Because mm-hmm. if you are in a situation where, you know, you're doing a lot of survival mode, you're not going to have as much, but then that time that you have is even more valuable because you want to get yourself out. You want to use your thinking power, your superpower to get yourself out of that survival mode yeah. as much as you can. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it then, actually doesn't take as much time as you think as no. far as actually the, the refreshing to be able to bring that stress level down uh, and to be able to be just more aware and more present. Uh, yeah. It doesn't take nearly as long as you would think. No, it just has to be really deliberate and there has to be a commitment to it. And the reason why it's hard is because your walnut brain is like, it's literally calibrated to find the easiest way to remove that pain point. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I think about a problem I'm having in my life and I'm like, Oh, my house is like f- fucking disaster, super, super messy, whatever. Mm-hmm. Walnut brains like, Ugh, I don't like this feeling. And for people at home who this is their first episode, we have episodes on walnut brain as well. Uh, link in the description or on the website. Yeah. It's kind of your survival brain. Yeah. So, Walnut brain is going to suggest to me like the easiest thing. Oh, let's just watch a show or like, let's just like Mm -hmm. have a nap or let's just go eat some chips. It, it doesn't want to entertain that like annoying feeling that comes with the thought of like the house is a disaster. Mm -hmm. Right. But how many minutes of free thought would it take me to put together a bit of a plan to at least attack part of that? 
mm-hmm. right? Like I'm just going to organize the shoes in the boot room now or whatever. Yeah. So it's those types of things and that commitment to moving it around. And I think that there's a thing that's happening as well is like, A, I don't think we recognize how much more dependent most people became on their devices and on their screens during COVID and how that trend didn't let up after. Yeah. Like it didn't go away. Now we're just like more attached to it. And you can see that also like not only with the COVID stuff, but also that evolution of like from the internet, mm-hmm. which I am old enough to remember the mm-hmm. AOL dial-up, yeah. all the way to carrying it around all the time. Mm-hmm. And it is that question of like how much is reasonable and then how much is that change affecting our capacity for thought? Mm Because you go from having a lot of moments of boredom, right? Like, you know, you're sitting in a waiting room 10 years ago. Yeah. Totally different situation than sitting in a waiting room now. It's like no boredom, straight to it. Mm So a couple things with that is, again, not a lot of like capacity for free thought there. Mm -hmm. The other one is it starts to mess with your ability to focus for a long time. Mm Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're getting more and we're getting absolutely inundated with ADHD kind of requests and diagnoses and like all of that, like unprecedented. At least the symptoms consistent with, if you want to be super technical about it. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and you look in the research and there are studies about shortening attention spans. We go yeah. from a few years ago in the, in the land of marketing, you're looking at your ideal video length being like a minute. Mm-hmm. We're down to like seconds now. Yeah. The, the adoption of certain apps, like Instagram's too long. Mm-hmm. We're over into TikTok land now where it's like literally like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Right. And you can go and look at like the content creators or like get your message out in the first four seconds. Like that's what we're dwindling our attention span down to. Which is funny because like for me is like somebody with ADHD. Uh, it's actually something where I'm like, you you don't even get enough information in four seconds. Like for me, I'm like a very much person. Like I like to go dive deep. Right. And so like for me that it's, it's funny that to watch all these, other, like everybody else kind of get sucked into it. And for me, I'm like, how do you get anything out of that? Like, I just don't understand. Like just because I like to dive deep so much, but that's well, just, and I guess preference more than, it's, I, but it's also intention that like, I'm going to spend time getting what I want out of it. It's also an ADD symptom though, right? Mm. Hyper-focus. Yeah. Like that, like really getting lost in a thing. It's one of the things that can be like really problematic about it, but in the right context, it's really cool, Mm -hmm. right? Because you get like really immersed and you can get that depth level. So what I think we're seeing is like the result of increased screen time for sure. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, you know, you hear about it as a buzzword, blah, 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 blah. We're going to talk about how to kind of move that around a little bit more. And then being cognizant of the effects of like what content is coming from that. And not just from the social media stuff, not just from the news media stuff, not just from like the documentaries and the Netflix and blah, 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 but just general life because it goes into then what people are talking about, Mm -hmm. right? You know, you go into that work conversation and everyone's like, you know, concerned about like this. Well, like, are they going to give us, you know, increases because inflation and how this and blah, 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 blah. Like that's an extension of that same Mm -hmm. threat registering thing. Right. Yeah. And then because once your once your body is in a the biological state of being ready for a threat, it treats everything like a threat. Yep, exactly. And you're in that hyper vigilant thing. Mm-hmm. And you and I have talked a little bit about the stress hormones mm-hmm. and kind of the neurotoxic effect of things like cortisol. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was kind of you were saying. Yeah, like prolonged exposure to it basically it over time your your body's ability to turn 
your stress response off in safe situations becomes like damaged essentially. Yeah. And so things like burnout are, if, if you look at like a biological level, it is like, it's a, it, it, if you are at a stressful job, for example, it could be on a biological level, that's a workplace injury. Right? Yeah. Because of a repetitive strain, essentially. It would be the same thing as like if you developed carpal tunnel. Yeah. It's just all at a, develop, at a brain level. You're kind of overusing that stress And response. it's going to take time for your brain to heal in order to be able to get back to normal. Which goes back to our thing with the threat thing. is So we've seen this increase in inputs. We've seen an increase in anxiety and fear-producing inputs. We've seen an increase in... Um, comparison value inputs, right? Because I, I would add an, another piece to it as well. Kind of going back to this is you know you would talk about like controversial whatever, right? Um, I, I think that there has been an additional layer, layer during COVID as well, where people also I think have been with some of the like economic interventions. There has been some coddling and some insistence on the goal is to be comfortable while we wait this out, right? And then that that just became the expectation. That like if life is stressful, then the expectation is that you shouldn't be stressed. You shouldn't right. Like there is a healthy level of stress. I, I productive. Yeah. The the and there's a certain element that like to to expect that you are not stressed at all actually just robs your ability to be resilient and independent mm -hmm. and and well, it's the yeah. point of the emotions, right? Like if we were talking about shame earlier today. If I feel a reasonable amount of shame, it's going to get me to stop doing or pay attention to that behavior I just did. And then you can use it as a motivation to change that behavior versus just like top loading with it all the time and just carrying a big basket of shame around everywhere you go and just feeling terrible. Yeah. Different types of usages, right? Um, the other thing, so we've got all of these things that are like inputting and, and at the same time, we had the erosion and continue to have, and not just due to the pandemic, this has been a trend in our very individual focused society of, you know, lessening um, social connections, mm -hmm. right? I think people are lonelier than they ever have. Mm -hmm. That's its own little pandemic going on there. Mm -hmm. They're more disconnected than they've ever been, right? On mass. We're used to being in a group. We're, met, we're group pack animals. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like the amount of people that live on their own or live with one other person, or work from home all day by themselves in front of a laptop, or whatever it is, we're seeing more and more separation. And that's a huge problem because it takes us out of something that the human animal needs and uses as a stress mitigator. Mm -hmm. So that's one. And then you've also got, um, especially now, it's like less doing and accomplishment of things. Mm. You know, when we were, you know, we'll go back pioneer days, you got to go churn your butter and you got to go chop down the firewood and you got to do all these things. When we do things as humans, we get a natural little dopamine dump yep. when we accomplish tasks. Doesn't have to be a big task. You clean out your sock drawer properly. And there, are like, entire, there are entire video games that are insanely popular that are entirely based on that like hunter gatherer mindset of like, you go play games like, like Minecraft or shoot, what's the, there's... There's some like Viking one. I can't remember what it was. Anyways, but there was a Valheim is what it's called. Anyway, the whole thing basically is like go out and chop down trees and build a little raft, build a house. Like, and it's like very shortened and you can do it without physically exerting yourself. But like, man, I could sit and play that game for hours. Well, and right? those game creators are 
popping into our hard wiring, right? Totally. Very, very, very intelligently, like props to them for that. Um, because if we're not accomplishing things, like if we go back then caveman days, we have like hunger, discomfort, etc., meant to motivate us to go pick all the berries. So then you have berries to eat. So you don't and starve your stupid ahead. self to death. Yeah. Right. And to plan ahead and to be efficient and to share, to share with your neighbors so that everybody's going to, so that you don't, have a very limited gene pool and you get like weird kids and whatever. <laughs> like you got to have a diverse community, right? Like all of that goes Which into is the it. theory on why we get that dopamine, that satisfaction from accomplishment. Yeah. But now like you're seeing people working on tasks where the timeline to accomplishment is so far out, it doesn't hit on any of that human as an animal stuff or they don't accomplish anything. Like if you work in one of those jobs where you're just doing kind of a thing, you don't really know what, like what is the outcome or you know, I'm pushing this paper around so I can give you this paper. It's like office-based blah, 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 like TPS reports or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I'm just doing data entry for this thing. And, you know, sometimes those jobs are, are productive in that dopamine um, way. But a lot of times, you know, we're not, right? Yeah. So it, it's going into that. So what we've got is you've got the creation of additional stressors and threat responses and all of that. And then you've got the erosion of the things that naturally help us. Like and another big one that is, I think, forgotten quite often is free time, like just space. Yeah. And like space is unoccupied where you're just like hanging out. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and we were talking about like mindfulness and like that kind of like peaceful space. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how it manifests differently. You know, I'm a big, like, yoga person Mm because I have to do something to regulate this shit. But we're trying to find, she's like, I wouldn't like yoga. It wouldn't be my thing. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And I said, but I know one of yours. And she's a big animal person, has some pets. And it's just that, like, chilling with her pets time. Mm. You know, regulation time. So it can look like a whole bunch of different ways. But, again, that's being eroded more and more because when you've got, you know, a commute on top of that, you got to take care of the kids and then you got to pick them up for daycare. And then you've got two people working outside of the home. So now you got to figure out like, how are we doing the feeding everyone thing? Mm-hmm. Like it erodes our time so much so that we are losing that processing time, not only to process threats, but also to go into the optimization landscape of having time to like dream mm-hmm. and enjoy. What do, you, what do you think? This is like a little bit of a, maybe this is an aside or I'm jumping ahead or something. But like just for yourself, mm-hmm. what do you feel like would be the minimum amount of time for, for yoga, right? If you said, okay, yeah. like if my life is absolutely crazy and busy, what is the bare minimum that you need in order to feel like to get the maximum benefit? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, that's a tricky question because I think it depends on the amount and the intensity of the stressors. Mm-hmm. If there are stressors, right? Like mm-hmm. you might have a day where you're like, everything is rosy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it depends on that. But like if life is stressful From, and you have a lot going on. Yeah. So then I like I go into like hyper focus with that yeah. because I know I'm not going to get any productive outcome at all unless I handle that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Often we were like, okay, I've got so much to do. I'm going to keep doing this stuff and da 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 da. Well, then you get mashed potato brain and it's mm-hmm. just not happening. So I'll just stop. So the yoga thing happens. So that's like an hour, at a half an hour of meditation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Increased sleep is another mm-hmm. huge one, right? Oh, totally. Like I'm going to bed now. And this is just happening because your body's using more resources to manage that, right? Yeah. So I would say, yeah, probably a few hours a day if 
you are at like heightened level, like mm-hmm. eight out of 10 kind of stress levels mm-hmm. for sure. So for you sure. actually would do it even more. Yeah. hundred percent. What would you say to somebody who's like, but I already have so much to do already. Now you're telling me I have to add three more hours onto my day or. Yeah. Well, cause I, I have this conversation particularly around sleep and rest mm-hmm. often with clients and they're like, well, I'm so busy. I got this stuff and da, 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 da. You know what is really not good for outcomes and being productive? Is having it. Having what I call like a dull saw. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Burnout. Yeah. Burnout, totally. being overwhelmed, being tired, being like whatever. You're not doing your best work then. It's yeah. just not happening. Especially if your work involves a lot of like mental click, click, clicks. Uh, that's not not going to happen. So yeah. what you're doing essentially is you're like prolonging and slowing down that accomplished value, accomplishment value. And then while you're busy doing that, you're also removing your capacity for innovation and joy, purpose, connection, all that. Because I don't know about you, but when you're really stressed and then you're having a conversation with your wife or whoever, what's the quality of that interaction? Oh, it's, it's, it's a lot. It, 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 it's one of two things. It's either a lot more edgy or I am on Mars. And like, just not present at all. Exactly. Yeah. And I think the edgy one comes from like, that's a signal to us that we're like, your brain is like, uh, we're above capacity here. Like we don't have the I'm room to do this. I'm kind of just an asshole in that moment, yeah. honestly. Just short, like, right? Yeah, absolutely. Sh- don't, I can't, blah, 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 blah. I'm yeah. not negotiable. My compassion's like out the window. I'm not listening. Like you said. A lot, you know, a lot of like looking for like concern. Not that I go this far, but like internally the feeling sometimes when it's really bad is like, why, why are you complaining? What do you want from me? Like that's, that's yeah, actually about a, a, Yeah. Yeah. You're it. just like, I'm tapped out. And I think, so it has effects on every area too, right? So then our relationships that day is kind of like a bit off or blah, 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 or whatever. And then you just double down on that because if you can, you, if you continue to do the deplete, 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 mm-hmm. there will be a stop. Like you will hit a wall. That is mm-hmm. a thing. So with that knowledge, I think comes into this interesting concept, which is very simple, but it's that we have a limited amount of thought resources. Mm -hmm. Like you can't just keep thinking and thinking and thinking. Consequently, you can't keep doing and doing and doing. Mm -hmm. So with that, it's like, oh, this is finite. And it's finite like every day, every hour, every moment. Like it's a finite resource. And I think if we treated it like that, we would probably allocate those resources a little bit differently generally than mm-hmm. we ought, than we just kind of like do when we're just, you know, floating mm-hmm. through life. I think yeah. that's a huge one. It, because a lot of the stuff that we allow in, if we go back to the like social media stuff or, or whatever, what, because your brain, and, and it's not just like thinking intentionally, it's sort of like that background kind of like your brain, the, anything that you give to your brain or you expose yourself to, your brain's going to sit and chew on it for a while. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be. And, and so I think that a lot of that it, it's kind of, you know, knowing that is that do you really want to spend your limited resources on that? Well, in the realm of business, we talk about opportunity cost a lot. Mm-hmm. So if I take all my like pennies and I invest them over here and there's a thing that would have been really great over here. Well, I can't do that because I've already allocated them over here. I don't have unlimited pen- pennies. Mm-hmm. Right. So our thoughts are the same way. So you can go, what is the opportunity cost to me entertaining this input. Mm -hmm. So I was giving you an example earlier when we were chit-chatting is I can be a very like paranoid person. Mm -hmm. So hubby was up working in Fort Mac for a little bit. So I'm home in the house. It's dark at night. There's lots of sounds. Mm -hmm. So I can do a couple things, right? 
I can choose something where I'm going to get immersed in it. It's going to be productive. I can read a nice book, happy story, whatever, watch some comedy, or I can put on a horror movie. Mm. Okay. They're kind of fun sometimes, right? But by yourself, by myself at home. It's <laughs> a terrible idea. Yeah. It's a <laughs> terrible, terrible idea. Yeah. And so then if you think about it and you ask yourself that question in the moment and I go, what is the opportunity cost? What is the general effect? What is going to be the consequence of me doing this? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I know I'm going to be like jumpy as hell. It's going to screw up my sleep. I got a, th- I got a podcast to do tomorrow. So I don't what have time are, for this one shit. Are, one of the things that I think that, that I'm also hearing in this too is like, so there's the intentionality of it, but there's also a piece of like knowing, knowing yourself well enough mm-hmm. to know how it's going to happen or, or what's going to happen with it. And also stopping to be able to ask yourself, what do I want? to get out of like if you were to do that to like to what end yeah. right like why why would you do that and if the answer is oh because i love horror movies and that would just be a great night then cool do it but if not then maybe, maybe you don't, don't right so like knowing yourself and being realistic with yourself too and in order to know yourself we go back to that same thing is there has to be an allocation of some of your mental real estate to discovering yourself because mm. we don't just wake up and know ourselves the whole knowing ourselves thing is actually quite complex. It takes a lot of metacognition, so a lot of thinking about thinking. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of social interaction as well and a lot of like analyzing those interactions and getting into the depth of it. Sometimes it takes external resources, right? Whether it's therapy or reading philosophy or whatever, whatever. And then you're like, okay, this is kind of who I am. And the fun thing about the who I am question is this is to, for today. Mm-hmm. Right. So it has to be a continued um, allocation of thought resources to that, mm-hmm. to the like know thyself thing. Yeah. And once you get the know thyself thing, then there's another step which goes into the know the input. Right. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like, okay, horror movie input. Well, the know thyself. I know I'm fucking paranoid. Yeah. <laughs> Working on it, whatever. Um, I didn't say that. I'd be, I'd be a great, I'd be a great watchman. In the, yeah, in really watch, I know. I was just thinking about like, what would the role for that be in the evolutionary thing? I'd be oh, yeah, like it's the watchman. guarding yeah. everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I told you if I was a dog, I'd be a German shepherd. What are they good at? Go. Guard dogs, right? There you go. Anyway, so you know the self and then you look at the input. Okay. The input is horror movies. What is the effect of the input on you? I have some previous experience with horror movie watching. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. So you got to be a bit predictive. But in this case, I've watched one before. I know the outcome. And then it's like, there are rapists that are coming to kill us everywhere and lock us in the basements. And there's that saw guy wandering around. Okay. I don't need any of those thoughts in my head. And so then you have another period of thought required to be like, do I want to do this? And that's where that like autonomous thinking choice Mm -hmm. and then execute. Mm-hmm. right no so what else instead so what is the actionable thing mm-hmm. right so it's like this whole stream and that's just about one stupid little choice right mm-hmm. so you can get quite but you have to granular. know but but in order to even know what that is you have to know what your values are you have to know what basically like what you want out of life and not necessarily i, I think that sometimes people are like oh well i don't want to make like a five-year plan for my life it's like that's not what this is about this is about like like what actually makes you happy like what do you want not what you want to accomplish but more like what do you want your life to be about what what do you want your life to be full of what do you want each uh, because then knowing those things and kind of and intentionally creating what are the things you're going to do and what are the things that you're going to have boundaries on um you know why at that point 100 percent. and i think like i'll give an example of uh so was having a really stressful work week just just on fire everywhere whatever um 
wake up in the morning and, you know, the, oh, this and this and this and this and this problem, that problem, that problem pops up into my head. So at that point, you can just let it run because your thoughts will like kind of do their own thing Mm -hmm. or you can direct them. So it's like, okay, I know what kind of day I'm going to have if that just like goes like that. If we're Mm -hmm. just going to be passive about it. Instead, you like switch it. Be like, I'm going to have a great day. Mm-hmm. That's it. Doesn't not a complicated thought. Mm-hmm. Gonna have a great day. What that does is is that thought redirection. So I'm like mm-hmm. out of this stream into this one, and then it can be whatever action, right? So I'm gonna make a cup of tea. Boom, mm-hmm. accomplishment value. Tea's made. Yay. So it's those types of things that intentionality and those mindsets and cultivating them to push it. And it might work in that moment, might not work on the next one, but you're going to keep pushing it, keep pushing it because thoughts like most things are habit forming. Mm -hmm. Right. And we see that because we look at a lot of like patterns in therapy, right? Somebody comes in and their pattern is a negative, negativistic pattern Mm -hmm. or their pattern is a doomsday pattern, Mm -hmm. right? Or catastrophizing pattern or whatever. And we can kind of talk about those a little bit, but when you've got any of those patterns, the easiest way to see whether they're working for you or not is to check in with your internal regulator because you'll get that ugh feeling, right? Mm-hmm. That's the easiest one. I know some um, different therapists and stuff like that are big on feelings, meals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You can use them sometimes and they have a place, but I don't because I love that like ugh. Just tell me where the ugh is. Yeah. Tell me what thought gives me you totally. like ugh, gross heebie-jeebies. And to what degree, right? Is it a mm-hmm. little like, ugh, I got to finish that paper? Or like, ugh, I got to bur- bury somebody. You mm-hmm. know, like, I don't know why that came to my mind. I have no idea why it goes there. It just does. Maybe it's the horror movie thing or whatever. But it's it's that piece, right? Yeah. So when we get into that, I think that it's that thinking about the thinking, thinking about the inputs, being able to evaluate the inputs. And then there's that whole other piece after that. Mm-hmm. is by the way yeah but by the way real quick the, for people at home who want a, a really great short book about that that feeling and how to have a good relationship with that feeling i recommend the war of art by stephen pressfield have you ever read that one no. very short but he talks about that feeling as the resistance and he's like that's your compass if that's the feeling that is uh, it like cool do the thing that uh, like whatever the thing that gives you the uh feeling do that and it probably will lead you in the right direction yeah there's a message in it right we see that a lot with procrastination like you know the more you procrastinate Mm -hmm. the worse the stress about if you can train yourself to feel that and then push right through it that actually is that's huge 100 percent. because then you're addressing whatever the problem is like say you have like a little argument or whatever with your bestie Mm -hmm. and then you think about it and you're like i'm just gonna go do this instead i'm gonna distract i'm gonna pacify whatever versus like ugh oh yeah, I said this, maybe that was a bit of a dick move and then she did that. I should probably tell her like, I don't like da 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 Go solve it. Done. Yeah. Right? So kind of getting into that like product, productive thought versus like unproductive thought. Mm-hmm. Pleasurable thought versus unpleasurable thought. So it's a bit of that. And like I said, we're getting into that thing where we're seeing, I guess, less and less value placed on thinking. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think I think a lot of this too really comes back to you know when we talk about like the the thought patterns and like what what sort of like the habit forming nature of it it goes right back to like what are the messages that you're allowing into your brain because those if you are hearing those things then you will internalize them you will your brain is going to put them on repeat they're going to start seeing it's the same reason why when you buy a red car you see red cars everywhere or whatever it's the same deal hundred percent and I right? think it goes into humans are highly programmable. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're very um, easy to influence. 
mm-hmm. right? We're, we're influenced by the things around us. Sometimes that's a positive thing. If I'm hanging around my like yoga teacher, who's like, you know, boss bitch when it comes to like healthy stuff, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to get more healthy. I'm not going to eat mm-hmm. the cheeseburger after doing this, whatever. It's inspiring, right? That's what we call inspiration is being influenced by positive things, positive people, whatever. Mm-hmm. Same deal goes with all the negative inputs or negative people or whatever. That's what's going to be rolling around in your head. And you're in that, in allowing that in, you're making a choice to donate your mental real estate to that. And then it's going to have that opportunity cost as well. So it like doubles down. It's not fun. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's kind of one of the things we want to get people valuing it. I know um, sometimes I'll be like, okay, why don't you take some time and just think? Mm-hmm. And people are often like, oh, I don't want to waste time. I'm like, we have to, we have to kill that as the mm-hmm. narrative. It's like, no, 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 you're not wasting time. You're creating your reality, which is like literally the most important thing you can do in your own life, right? What would it? Yeah, yeah, and and which no, that's like that's just that's just avoidance, right? Like that's that's to me that's the first thing that comes to mind is that you're just avoiding doing. Because the other one that I hear too is that like. When people like start, like when I say, yeah, you know, why, why don't you just sit and, and just think like the look of fear of like, oh, no, I can't be alone with my thoughts. Do, do you have any idea? Like, like the monsters that yeah, live in this Totally. Thing? Right. Like, because then I have to come face to face with what my life has become or something like that. Right. Like, which or is because in- of the consequences of my choices or something. Well, it's in a little bit. Uh, also, if you don't do it regularly, it accumulates like dishes. And then you in the have sink. that, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're like, you don't have one plate to wash. Now you got a whole bunch of a mess. Da, 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 da. So it's going to be harder. And you haven't built up the stamina of doing it. So it's mm-hmm. harder. Right. Mm-hmm. Like anything. If I go out for like, a, I'm going to run a 5K now, that's not going to work well because yeah. I do a whole bunch of no running. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so there's a bit of that. The other thing with it, though, is there is like we're very subject to this social narrative of we have to be producing something all the time and everything has to be productive and outcome oriented because I got to be like that guy on TikTok with the Lambo and da 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 da. And I only have so much time and I got to get married and have a baby by this time and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, no, you don't. And then the more you strive to do that with the removal of the thinking thing, the less you're going to do that. So you get like stuck in like a weird little loop thing, which is a bizarre thing. So I think the thing is like with this, it's like, how do we get that understanding that thoughts have value and they have like extremely high value Mm -hmm. and it's super productive, Mm -hmm. right? Even if it doesn't seem directed or productive and and if we kind of like i always bring these into like the neuroscience realm for a second really what we're talking about is that like if you if you were to look at the brain you've got you know we could call like if for people who have like video right like put it people at home just like clench your fist right the top part of your brain particularly the front part the right right behind your forehead right? right prefrontal cortex evolutionarily that's the most advanced part the most recent that's what makes us human that's the part of us that is capable of planning of interacting socially all those sorts of things and when we get stuck in these like trained loops mm-hmm. of things where it's all walnut brain that's all like the downstairs part of your brain which is the same part of your brain that we share with uh other mammals lizards whatever chimpanzee chimpanzee land. all of that right and so basically what we're start, uh, what we're really advocating for is migrate out of the downstairs brain and into the upstairs brain and be intentional. And the upstairs brain can train the downstairs brain to do things. You can train yourself, right? But you actually have to do that because if you're ever in autopilot, you will always, uh, like 
that you're not using that part of your brain that is capable of planning how to create a wonderful life. You're just going with the flow. It's it's literally on a neuroscience level. It's the it's the same exact mechanism that we use to train dogs. It's the yeah. same, right? It's the exact same thing. Yeah, and then you can get trained by whatever's around you. And Except I, use social media yeah. or whatever instead, right? I'm not into like I want to create like whether it's for my clients or myself the most autonomous, free kind of version of myself that is possible. Mm-hmm. So I want to be in charge of. But the you've shit. got to engage the the smart part of your brain in order to do that. Hundred percent, and you yeah. have to want to, and you have to be deliberate about it mm-hmm. because we all have that capacity. To just be like, oh, okay, we're just gonna like go into our human as an animal kind of part of the brain and bop bop bop, and be completely driven by like urges. Okay, you know, now I ate all the potato chips. I wasn't thinking about like making a healthy dinner. Blah blah blah. Like you, you're gonna be driven by these like pleasure pain avoidance kind of things because that's that part of the brain that's all it's capable of it's like keep you alive so nice survival Mm. thing um go find pleasurable stuff so eat and fuck so we like can make the species keep going yeah like let's do that because that's all that part of your brain is even concerned about it yeah and then run away from things that are going to kill us like it's straight survival right Mm -hmm. and that fight fight flight or freeze or whatever it doesn't have any of the complexity that we need in order to navigate this world now Right. Like we, yeah. we need that smart part of the brain to make sense of it because it's not just a threat. Like there isn't just like a bear jumping out and being like, ah, you know, it's the thought about like, oh, my God, if I don't deliver that work to that report to my boss, then I'm going to get like that's that's that requires engagement from your frontal cortex. But how do we how do we get out of that? Like, how do we do that? How do we set it up for that? How do mm-hmm. we filter it, especially with all of these things? So we know like a little bit evaluate the inputs, know yourself a little bit, but what is something that we can use kind of consistently to start, you know, solidifying that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there's, I think there's several things for me. One of the big ones again is like having that time aside, like there's, there's the, the time aside to kind of figure out what's important to you because what that also does is that that also is like, well, what are the positive reinforcers that I can use to train my, like my walnut brain to actually motivate me to do stuff. Right. Um, what my values are, what feels feels good, um, and how to do it, right? So what would be an example for you of stuff that you do to kind of like set it up so that it makes it a little bit more friendly to do it? Um, well, I, we talked about this when we were kind of talking about this before, but um, and this is more of, I, I don't know if this is kind of like, it's sort of a mindset of how to deal with the stressful stuff when it does come up because we're never we're not going to get rid of it completely, right? right? But having, um, it, it's a pretty silly example, but it's, it's little and I, tr- I train myself to do it, is that I have a very specific ringtone on my phone. For people at home, it's the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme. People put it to great effect in like online on like memes and things like that, right? Yep. Of how ridiculous. But for me, it sort of represents like life is ridiculous. And the more often that I can remind myself of that and to remind myself of like, just laugh a little bit about it. It's fine. Like this is ridiculous and it, it, we'll, we'll be able to laugh at it one day, even if this is the most stressful thing possible right now. If you can remind yourself, like for me, I find if I just remind myself, like when something bad happens, it's like, of course, when all I'm, right, whatever, this, this is dumb, but it, it is what it is. Let's go. Right. So I heard it go off and um, it's funny because it is an external cue that comes in so that when you're not necessarily in the mind space to like 
do that switch to kind so of like, happiness. So like so like when I see like a like when I go and fill up my car and like six months ago it cost me like just over fifty bucks to fill up my car, sixty bucks or something, and it cost me over a hundred, and I see that number. It's like something in my brain then is like it's I still see that number, but it, the music comes with it. And I'm just like, <laughs> this is so ridiculous. All right, whatever. Let's just keep going. Like it, it is what it is, right? Yeah, like so you're talking about creating these little mental constructs that you can kind of have in like ready to pull out whenever there's a, a stressful thing or yeah. a hard thing or whatever. I told you like one of one of mine is is uh watching there's this like cute little video this little boy he's on the playground and he's like trying to get from one little like kind of toadstool thing to another Mm -hmm. and he's like got his face all scrunched up he's super cute and super tiny and he's just like talking to himself and he's like i can do hard things Mm -hmm. i can do hard things and then you seem like make it to the little toadstool and turn around and he's like i can do hard things and i love that because we use that in my yoga thing now because i'm like i have no distress tolerance and the whole reason i started that was for that so i'll get into a thing and i'll be like oh this this is terrible and either my yoga instructor or in my own head it will be just like you can do hard things mm-hmm. and that generalizes to not the yoga thing of just when you're like I don't want to write this report and I, oh yeah I can do hard things so having those mental constructs like built in that are kind of cute or silly or funny or whatever mm-hmm. the thing is um super handy the other thing is I like to plan for my worst self Mm-hmm. not my best self because my best self is the one that's the one that does like meal prep and you know mm-hmm. is on top of things and goes to bed on the right time and like doesn't scroll too much and blah blah blah, blah. that person that's great I need to plan for that other one that's like lazy and wants to sleep in and hit snooze and like eat chips and da 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 and the way you do that is you have to plan when you're not in that headspace you want this version of yourself to plan for that version of yourself yeah and that means putting things in that are barriers and restrictions and it was interesting because i was just uh mentioning i think i'm doing a little experiment um in august i think i'm gonna switch to i ordered a flip phone yeah yeah so i ordered a flip phone that's gonna be very interesting i'm very i i watch actually i didn't mention this before i did watch i've I've looked into other people who have done this before. Yeah. The number one downside that they found to it, they said actually, for the most part, it was actually fairly positive. Okay. I'm very interested to see what your experience of it is. The number one downside that they found was they missed that like a really fancy smartphone has a really good camera that you can easily share pictures with. I did think about that because that that's kind of the one where you're like, okay. But so I got the flip phone. I got yeah. it because I am very, very obsessively interested in controlling inputs mm-hmm. right and then also setting my worst self up for success yeah. so my worst self is like let's go look at pinterest and waste an hour doing that or whatever you know worst self can't be in charge of stuff right like wally the walnut self can't do the thing so i was like well just remove it create a barrier and it was funny because i was talking to somebody and they're like well why can't you just use some self-control and i was like well because my best self can yeah but that guy that version Self-control of Self-control is also a complete can't. myth, right? Like that's 100%. like it's is like I don't know whether I mean, well there's yeah. a human animal self doesn't. It's like you right. put a steak on the table the dog's going to eat it kind of mm-hmm. thing, right? So that's what I said basically was like that is the equivalent like not putting boundaries or barriers or systems in place is the equivalent of going and stocking your pantry with every one of your favorite treats and candies and da 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 and then being like now I'm going to start a diet. Mm-hmm. Like not going to work, right? It might work for that hour. It might work for several hours or minutes or whatever, but it's not going to work because you're going to pop into that other self that's impulsive or is tired or, you know, had a a little 
argument with your husband or whatever the thing is, and it's going to be like, you know what? Fuck that gummy worms. Yeah. Right. And then you're like out. It's so funny because I I feel like I don't know why my brain went to this, but like I'm just thinking like, okay, is there a possibility that that could ever work? And the only thing that I can think of where it would ever work Mm. if it's the if the whole point of it was that it was in the house and you did it and didn't do it. And your intention going in was that you were going to put yourself in a situation where it was there and you were deciding not to. It's the only way that it would ever work and you would have to know yourself well enough to know that you... 100%. Right? You've got to be within a window of being able to do it. And it has to be like systematic enough, right? I tell that... I I say that as well because there's no way in hell the snack cupboard in the pantry (laughs) is going away. But if like part of my intention is it's there but it's not something that I'm going to engage with, then it's closer it's because closer. I'm being intentional about it. But then at the same time... You're going to have a higher failure rate, though. Part I'm going to have a higher failure rate, and also part of the success is also not just don't have the shitty stuff there, it's also have the good stuff there available as well. Right? 100%. Set yourself up for success. And then the next part of it is have some flexibility. So maybe if I'm yeah. doing that super healthy eating thing, I take all the treats out of the pantry because that's going to be like one of those boundaries, barriers that's set in place, program that's automatic, but I don't remove the possibility of going for a walk and getting an ice cream mm-hmm. because you don't want it. So you're like, okay, I'm going to be perfect all the time. I'm going to put these systems in place. I always have to stick to them because there is a degree of flexibility. And that's where we get into that thing of like rationing, right? How and much is reasonable? Yeah. And I think too, that like it, even, even knowing like there's going to be more failure rates, I think also like the idea of incremental success and that you're not going to just immediately be amazing tomorrow. You're not going to, right? That like this often happens in terms of, you know, it would, we talk about like addiction or we talk about whatever, right? Like lots of different things that like you're going to be, you, you need to be able to give yourself time to improve and to, to have some, you know, the long game as well. Well, and you need to go back and think what is going to make it less likely that I'm going to be successful at whatever Mm -hmm. my goal is, what is going to make it more likely? Mm -hmm. And often we'll set the goal and we don't think about anything like historically, how have I been with that? What do I know about myself? That's going to take me closer to that. Take me away, distract it, not going to work, da, 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 et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then when you've done that and you scripted out and it was interesting because I was in a meeting with you earlier today and you said one of the things you realize is like the quality of the outcome is way higher when there is a degree of planning before mm-hmm. and when the planning is really well done, mm-hmm. right? Because then you're like, okay, here's my goal. I think people get to the goal setting because that's a want construct, right? Like I yeah. want to eat healthier. That's an easy one. You can get to that. It doesn't take yeah. a lot of thought to come up with like, I want this, right? But then to go backwards and go, okay, this brings me closer. This brings me farther. I know myself. Okay, my my, my treat food, my favorite treat yeah. food in the entire world. Mm. I mean, tater tot problem. Mm. So I know if my yeah. goal that week is let's do this like super clean eating, da da da. let's nail yeah. it. Those things are not allowed in the house. They're just mm. not, it's not going to work. I know myself. I like them too much, et cetera. So they're not in the house. And then you put an option in to do something else, whether it's go out for dinner or whatever the thing is. But if you can't do the plan and like the think and the free thought to like know yourself. So I know I have a tater tot addiction. I'm pretty mm-hmm. aware of that. Mm-hmm. And then to do the plan for how I'm going to get closer to that goal. Even if the goal is just to be calm, like it doesn't have to be like a like typical production goal, but mm-hmm. then you put that in place, the likelihood that you're going to roll with that is way higher. Now, the extreme nature of the boundaries depends on how you are as a person. Mm. So 
certain people, super disciplined, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. Great. Or they're already good at that area. Mm-hmm. Right. So say my, um, my, I have a friend, she's a personal trainer. She's super healthy. She's already good at that area. Mm-hmm. She doesn't need to remove the tater tot situation from her house because she's able to, she's got the habit down where she's going to be able to choose the healthy choice. And mm-hmm. sometimes choose that. I don't have the habit down when it comes to the tater tots. So I got to like do it enough so that it is the habit. And you right? also got to have something like, well, what are you going to do instead? Yes. Right? And, and it's got to be like, make it easy on yourself. Don't make it hard on yourself. Yeah. So I know right now that if I like have the smartphone thing and I'm walking around, I'm going to get bored because I like, I'm very impulsive and da da da. And I'm going to like end up like cannibalizing some of my thought energy on dumb shit that I don't need. Like, there's only so many parrot videos that you can watch mm-hmm. that are productive, not a real thing. So, put a barrier in. So we're going to try the flip flip phone bar- barrier, but it could be a lot of things, right? It could mm-hmm. be the bedtime reminder. It can be the not having the screens in the bedroom. Um, you know, we've been to my house, you know, there's like no TV in the living room. Mm-hmm. That's because it forces the alternative, which is conversation. Mm. Right? It's I was just gonna not say there. smartphones, everyone on the screen looking at the phone. Okay, well, there's a whole nother <laughs> thing. There's an RFID line box upstairs as well that goes with the no TV thing. Mm-hmm. But the point is like getting people to spend time thinking on that planning. Yep. And then you only have to think about it once, you put the system in place, and then it rolls. Right? Mm-hmm. But we're not doing that because we we do the like, oh, I don't have time for it. It's a waste of time. This is inefficient. And, and also like a million ads everywhere you go of like, this is what should be, this is what the norm should be. And yes, know, all that. I think that would bring us to like one of the things that's like a pretty big criticism of, I would say our society and the messaging about humans. Mm. It's like, we're way closer to that human as an animal thing than most people think. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons like at shift, we don't do a bunch of cognitive therapy only because you need to talk to the human animal and that's not the cognitive part. Right. Mm -hmm. But a huge role in, in decision-making. Right. So it's like understanding that your thoughts are also that part of your brain's thoughts Mm -hmm. and then like putting the systems in place for it. So that's one. And then you talked a lot about mindsets Mm -hmm. as being a different way. So these are like habits of thought frames kind of. Yeah. So for me, like, uh, like just in terms of like mindfulness. Right. And I think that this really is sort of having a, a, because I think that a lot of times, especially in the short term, what like long term, we get to a place where like all the same stuff's going around and you're like, you just are Zen and you're like, able to, it just washes over you or whatever. One day, one day. Right. Um, but in the meantime, until you have fully trained your walnut brain to be Zen, uh, essentially what's going to happen is that you're going to have moments of being aware that you're being crazy and irrational and whatever. And these, th- so there's a, there are, there's, there's a, his name's Dr. John Cabot Zinn. He created what's known as mindfulness based uh, stress reduction. And it's a form of like, it's a fusion of like meditation and like psychiatry, all sort of like CBT sort of stuff. But he talks about nine attitudes of mindfulness. And I personally like them as ways of like, once you notice and catch this, that the like, oh shit, I'm being irrational or I'm stressing myself out or I'm numbing out or whatever. Um, having these as a way of kind of coming back and recentering yourself, or you can think of it as like different lenses. Uh, he, I think what he would say is that these are different attitudes to cultivate within yourself so that you can see a situation through this lens and to be able to change how you feel very quickly. So you're like, I'm just going to choose to put this lens on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's something that, 
the more you do it, this is why like when people talk about like meditation regularly, that you could kind of do specific meditation with some of these things and intentionally putting yourself in that mindset, it will actually change how you feel as well. Basically what it does, if we go back to like that upstairs brain, downstairs brain, or like mm. the, the logical and then the, the walnut brain, part of it is almost a way of like having the logical part of your brain actually be able to calm that walnut brain down. There, there. It's one of the very few ways that it's capable of doing that. If you just try and rationalize it away, it's not going to work. No, it doesn't you, speak that language. Yeah, totally. So these are so we can quickly go through each of these nine attitudes uh, of mindfulness, and I think they're they're really valuable. So the first one is uh, an attitude of non-judging, right? So so often when something happens, even it's a matter of like, oh well, I feel stressed out, uh, and I don't want to feel stressed out. I don't want to like if I I shouldn't feel this way. I should feel like this, or I should be more grateful. It's like no 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 no. Like it's not, don't judge don't judge yourself. Don't judge us. It just it is what it is. Yes, so there's like a certain amount of healthy detachment and non. And I would and I would say like even uh, non judging would almost be more like just observe it. It doesn't have to be anything. It's like if you're stressed out, okay, well you're stressed out. Like where do you feel it? Just notice it, observe it. Which is interesting because that is like one of the components of our therapy, which relates to a little bit of exposure therapy. Mm-hmm. And we know when you're exposed to an unpleasant stimuli it will eventually extinguish the stress response to it. You know, I, I I haven't thought of this in terms of that, but I wonder as we continue on if each of these things probably naturally come up in different areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and if people get stuck, then maybe what we are doing is like what's helpful for them is fostering some of this and then going back into it and then carry it back in. Right. Well, because if you think about it, like I was, you know, in Calgary, they have, they used to have the Olympics, the winter Olympics, and then they had those crazy ski jumpers Yeah, that are like, that's nuts. Okay. And so you go, who in their right mind would get on there and just ski down? You have to be daredevil, crazy, psycho, whatever. This is my opinion of ski jumpers. But it's that incremental exposure, right? Like a little bit, you're going down a hill, then you're going down a bigger one, then you do Mm -hmm. a little jump, then you da-da-da-da-da. Did I tell you I bought a skateboard, by the way? Did you? This This is like the weirdest thing ever. I can tell you about that in a second, but keep going. But It's It's reminding me of this. (laughs) It's that exposure to it, right? Yeah. And the more you expose yourself to something scary, like heights are Mm -hmm. meant to be scary for humans, you get to a point where they're not scary. So clearly yeah. for the ski jumper people that have incrementally exposed themselves to increasing like craziness with yeah. heights, they're not afraid of it, right? If yeah. you put you or me up there and you're like, okay, slide down this on your two yeah. feet, da, 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 then do a little flip at the end. My, my like, experience with, it. well, even like, cause I, I had always wanted as a kid to, to get a skateboard and I, my just parents were not about that. Like yeah. the, the whole culture around that just was not a thing. A thing. Um, and so uh, so I went and bought one and like first day, wiped out. Like uh, and, and it like if you've never tried to do a skateboard for skateboard before, like you center of gravity, that thing moves when you stand on it. And was <laughs> <laughs> surprise, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, after that I was I was like kind of joking with my kids and I was just like, you know what though? It hurts less than it would it like it hurts less than living my whole life wishing I would have done it. So you're just like, right? I'm going to do like, this. I'm going to do it. It's fine. Whatever, right? Um, so, I, yeah. So anyway, so that's that's non-judging is well, like letting it be. And that's where that thing is. If we don't stay with the thoughts and we don't expose ourselves 
to our uncomfortable thoughts, mm -hmm. then we develop like a whole phobic reaction to them. Mm -hmm. And that's like a problem. So the non-judging thing has to be in place in order for you to sit with something. Yeah. The, 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 the wording here that they, that they say is like assuming the stance of an impartial witness to your own experience. Detachment. Right. So like I, I had somebody explain it to me once as like, put on your lab coat, get out your clipboard and observe yeah, like how you're doing. Place shrink that's to it. yourself. That's it. Just, just like that you were like a wildlife, <laughs> like scientist on the savannah. The psychologist or has jumped onto the skateboard. Totally, and they're just what exactly, will you do? <laughs> exactly David right. Atten so that's so that's non-judging is the, uh, the first one. The second one is uh, an attitude of patience. So patience, right? Patience is a form of wisdom. Patience is a form of just letting it be as long as like. And, and sometimes this, these like attitudes of patience. You can you can try and foster that while at the same time observing your own impatience, and you can have both of those at you the can. same time if you need to. Yeah, or if it's just like a non voluntary thing. The other thing with patience is it is the stretching of time, mm -hmm. right? And we talked about the whole like social media shortening it and making like more urgency and like shorter attention spans and stuff like that. So the antidote to that is like to stretch time mm -hmm. and like that's and a, what and a lot it. of it is, and we're going to get to acceptance a little ways down here, but, uh, but things are going to take as long as they're going to take and you being impatient with them does, it, prolongs it, does, it. it does not matter. It, it's not going to make it any easier. It's only going to make it harder. And yes. so you might as well just accept, accept that it's going to take as long as it's going to take. Right. And so I think it's a skill, like it's a thing you practice, just like the non-judging thing or whatever, yeah. or all of these mindsets, right? Like you don't come out and you're like, yeah, I'm super patient. Yeah. No, but it's just like, yeah, a little that, more that than I was yesterday. That it's the kind of thing that like, that it might end up being, you know, like it's standing in line at the grocery store, right? That like, you know what, I'm going to just sit here and I'm going to, I'm just going to. I'm going to patiently wait this out. And then if like the, the old lady in front of me is taking forever to do that, to like load her, whatever. Right. It's like, that's okay. Take as long as you need. That's fine. Kind of creates some sort of usefulness to certain situations like that, that normally yeah. we'd be like, ah, da, 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 da. it's like, no, no, I'm learning a skill now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, the next one is the attitude of a beginner's mind. So the example that I used earlier with this one, uh, is that how often do you get into an amazing technical miracle of like a, an automobile and you drive somewhere and the idea of a beginner's mind is somebody who's like, if you were an alien that landed on this planet today and had no idea about a computer or even what we're doing right now in recording, yeah. right? That we've got like multiple cameras and a computer that is literally the the air that is escaping from my from my lungs is being translated into like a diaphragm in front of me that is vibrating and converting it into electrical signals. <laughs> and like, that's freaking crazy. Right. And to, to actually appreciate how amazing everything that's going on, like they're like, we are wirelessly connected to an entire network of computers through invisible waves that are transmitted through the air. Like it's, and then, and then we worry about how like, you know, things are going, it's like, no, that's just appreciate how amazing all of this is because 200 years ago you were like, you know, things were so different yeah, and not things possible. are so much better than they were even like, right. And, and so just appreciating that for what it is. I think that's one of the most powerful ones. I think the thing with the beginner's mind also, we're seeing the effects of not employing that a lot. Um, you know, yeah. the whole failure to launch or this urgency to kind of skip rungs of the ladder 
Mm. And one of the things I was joking with somebody the other day, and I was like, you know that there's no option for that, right? Like you can't do it. So the more you try to skip to the top rung, the harder you're going to fall and you're never going to get anywhere. If you just grind it and start at the bottom, start in that beginner's mindset, you will get there so long as you don't quit. Mm -hmm. Like it's an inevitability. So I like that one a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The next one is then, the fourth is uh, attitude of trust, right? So developing a trust in yourself and trusting in your own feelings and trusting in what you want, trusting in that like, things are going to work out, right? Like all those sorts of things. It's far better, you know, to trust your own intuition, your own authority, your own, to trust yourself and be like, no, no, no. Especially in a world where, you know, or, you know, if you have like relationships in your life where maybe people have opinions, right? It's like, well, hang on. What do I think? How do I feel? Because that's important. And I think that a lot of times, whether it's through, you know, external factors of all sorts of kinds. We, we, again, it's really kind of what we're, we're saying in general is like, yeah, but what do you think? Well, yeah, it's like the questioning thing goes with the trusting thing too, right? Mm-hmm. So I think on the good end of the spectrum, it's like maintaining that autonomy to be like, do I believe who is telling me this or can I question it and explore it? That's good. Promotes autonomous thought, critical thinking, da, da, da. Sometimes we get stuck where we don't have trust in people or institutions or whatever because of past shit that's happened yeah and it goes into that trauma realm like trauma is a massive eroder of trust mm-hmm. um especially when it's like attachment trauma early trauma you know if you've got like violent stuff whatever it starts to flavor your perception because mm-hmm. your, your walnut brain is like oh based on these past experiences people are bad that's when you want to address that, right? Like that's mm-hmm. what we do a lot in therapies. It will like be recalibrating negative experiences so that they can align and evolve into the ability to still trust when it's a good situation. Mm-hmm. Right. So I totally. think those are things. So you want to address stuff if it comes yeah. up with that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and again, kind of going back to those, like the non-judgment and just being aware, um, real quick, I, I, we've got, I want to get through these ones too. So we've got the next one is non-striving. This one's interesting because, and I think that the argument is not necessarily that you should have all of these all of the time, Mm -hmm. right? But these are all lenses that are helpful to see life through, at least on a regular basis. The idea of non-striving is really, you know, so much of what we do, it's almost the opposite, but in a good way of what we're saying of like, you must plan ahead, you know, think about this, be intentional, that there's also... Just room to just not do anything for any reason. To just sit and not do, not in a numbing out sort of way, but just in the fact that like you don't have to be on the treadmill all the time. You can get off and just chill. A and being, that's, and just be, just yeah, exactly, just be. Yeah, and that's it. I like it. Uh, next one is uh, an attitude of acceptance. I feel like we've talked about that a little bit, but I think part of it is really seeing things as they actually are. And accepting, right? So, so if uh, and being okay with it, not in like a resig. It's funny because when you say like a resigned, resign yourself to the reality of it, or like not in like a give up kind of a thing or a powerless kind of way. Yeah, but I think it's more in a way where you are as objectively observing and interpreting the data that you're getting. You're like radically, you're, you're like very radically true with 
true with yourself, real with yourself. Yeah, you're not editing it to like add like idealization narratives or like, oh, but if it could be this way, but it can't be that way because it is how it is. So I have a, I've got a client who, who has been going to AA and we were kind of talking about the different steps of AA. And the first one I think really has a lot to do with this of just like the, the first step. I can't remember the exact wording. It's been a while since I looked at it, but basically like just look in the mirror and be and be real with yourself. <laughs> yeah, you're like it is the thing. It's right? like it is what it is. It's fine. I'm not saying you got to beat yourself up over it. In fact, please don't because it's going to be worse. But just coming to terms with the fact that like this is the situation that you're in, and if it means like whether that's yeah, it cost me over a hundred bucks to fill my car with gas. Uh, it is what it is. Acceptance. That's okay. Well, that's that is the challenge that is in front of me today. That's fine. It goes into the self acceptance thing. We talk a lot about trait theory, mm-hmm. right? And like knowing who you are, and that sometimes you just are how you are. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's th- changeable stuff, but you, sometimes you just are how you are. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even things, even things as well, like the acceptance is that you are accepting how things are right now, right? Yes. That doesn't necessarily have to be in like, this moment. And you, it, I think it's important to question. Uh, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be the way it is forever or to be realistic with yourself about those things. But like, why not just accept that like, if for example, if you're overweight, why not mm-hmm. just accept like, hey, well, the, these are the consequences of what was going on. Maybe part of it's genetics, part of it's whatever, but this is where you're at right now. Just accept it. It's fine. And if you want to do something about it, you can do something about it, but don't beat yourself up over it. Just accept it. Well, the acceptance of the reality of the situation allows you to actually do something about the situation. If you're going to pretend, no, I'm not overweight. They just don't like me because they don't think I'm blah, 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 whatever. You don't actually or it's get not my to fault starting or point. whatever. Exactly. Well, this happened. Da, 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 right. As yeah. opposed to like, uh, you know, I am a bit bigger because I decided to go do all that tater tot eating or whatever. So now I should probably just action that if I really totally. want to change it. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Uh, next one is the, an attitude of letting go. So this is a, this is a good one too, of just that, like, I I think that so often we, we get stuck on, uh, things. It's very interesting as far as, I I mean, we could go down the road, like cancel culture and stuff like that too. Right. But I think even just like, is it, we have this sort of question that we ask sometimes, like, is this the hell you want to die on? Is this like, how important is this to you really? Like what's, what's important to you? And like, what are you learning to be able to just let things go well again going back to that like i have um i was working with somebody very vindictive like wanted to always like go and you know get prove it to them or sue them and i was like okay uh let's look at the mental and revenge like the mental real estate that you're gonna have to uh, allocate to getting that vindication to holding on to that is that worth that because the opportunity cost is over here you having a happy relationship enjoying your life being like not burned out blah 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 you can totally do that but just understand what you're actually choosing yeah. you're not just choosing i'm going to hold this and i'm going to get all these other good stuff as well no no you used up your energy on that so you're not having that now is it worth it still and yeah. sometimes it is but a lot of times it's not totally yeah because because not letting it go is going to continue to cost you more yeah right and is that worth it but a lot of the times it's not, right? So uh, the the next one is uh, an attitude of gratitude. Right? I, lo- I know Which you love that. That the the rhyme the rhyme makes me ill, but uh, but I do I do like this one a lot because I think that actually being like appreciated it kind of goes back to like the beginner's mind thing a little bit to me as well, right? But just knowing like so often we are not we just don't appreciate what we have. 
right? And we don't like we like especially when we're stressed and our body is in a position of here are these negative things. My body, I'm hyper vigilant. I'm looking for the negative. Our brain naturally is and like evolutionarily is designed to do that when you're stressed. Having this as a lens to a way of kind of being able to recenter yourself back on. Um, is it's a huge. thought switching activity. Absolutely. Right. You're like, okay, I'm not going to think this. I'm going to think this. I don't feel like thinking the gratitude thought, but I'm going to do it because I don't feel like paying that opportunity cost. And it's, and it's not a question of, I think that, you know, it's, it's one of the really well, like, um, scientifically validated like interventions for like CBT is like a gratitude journal. Right. I think that people really chafe against that when, uh, because I think that sometimes what happens is that they, we think that gratitude is a form of dismissing or minimizing the negative. Yeah. Or it seems fake or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, which is why you have to pick shit that you're actually grateful for, for real. Totally. When you do it. And, and part of this whole thing of like cultivating this, it's actually, you are capable of feeling gratitude. And I think with each one of these, the more that you are able to, intentionally trigger the feeling of gratitude within yourself that's huge right 100%. because then you like then then your stress level kind of goes away to some right like you're actually able to help that emotional part of your brain calm down that walnut brain actually chills out a little bit because the walnut brain also that's also the part of our brain that where we feel gratitude yes because the one thing about like our little wally not so bright can't hold multiple states in himself in his mind at the same time totally so the walnut brain is it's like if it's like all stressed out and da, 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 but you're like feel gratitude i'm gonna make you do it and then he's like feeling grateful that other one went away it's gone yeah. he can't keep both so it's good yeah. you can play little tricks yeah absolutely uh and then the last one is a mindful attitude of generosity and so that's something too i think that that's a lot of it like that there's there's multiple different directions that you can go down with this but this one really comes down to being generous with others being generous with yourself, giving yourself the benefit of the doubt when you make mistakes, when you fall short, whenever, but also being generous with yourself of like, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to go and do something that I enjoy just because I I deserve it and I just want to do something nice for myself, right? Or do something nice for somebody else, right? But I think it it really comes down to, you know, that like generosity and compassion and love and and being able to give that to yourself and to other people. And I getting that out of the grand gestures level, you know, like you might be yeah. just driving and be kind of annoyed and the guy cuts you off. Maybe the act of generosity in your mind is just like, give him the road. Let him have the lane. Yeah, totally. Go for it, buddy. Get yeah. home two seconds One of my favorites, it's like a very little thing. I don't even know if this like it makes sense, but whatever. It's ADD and it's like the end of the day on Friday, whatever. One of my favorite things in moving to Edmonton uh, that both my wife and I noticed is that there is something in terms of like the, the, the like decor between people on the road that if somebody, if you let somebody else in front of you, mm-hmm. um, Look for the wave. Oh, I always do the wave. Right? The wave. So the, rude if you the, don't do the wave. Like waving from Edmonton is the only place I've ever seen that does that. Really? Yeah. Like if you even, like next time you go to Calgary, look for it. You won't see it. It's. I'm gonna it's let a whole so bunch of people funny. in just so I can test. Right. This so theory. and then you wave. Right. And the, like it's always the look in the rearview mirror. You wave. It's like yeah, thanks, man. Right. It's like just it's a moment of connection that I that I've always appreciated about like since we moved to Edmonton from. Uh, from Lethbridge that I, I like really think is awesome. But 
and it's little things like that, right? Like it's things that are that you know if you're if you're out to dinner and it's like it's okay, it's time to tip, right? It's like okay, well, like I mean, give an extra five percent, whatever, right? Yeah, which I think it also just like be kind, like the simple little things. Yeah. So that's a whole bunch of us. See, we started. We started everyone off with all the like, this is all crap in the world. And we ended on these like nice little notes. And it's yeah. that d- direction to it. And then if you're stuck on you can't get that done, you can't jump into those other mindsets and it's really not working and you really are trying, enlist some help. Yeah, absolutely. Because there are absolutely going to be things that, uh, you know, like if you've been through the experiences that make this, if your walnut brain is fighting you so hard that it's almost it feels almost impossible to even do some of the stuff we talked about today there are things that we can do to help you with that yes right there are things there's there's a lot that you can that we can do and uh and we're actually pretty freaking good at it (laughs) (laughs) and and it it fucking works like that's the that's the thing so it's kind of fun with that and then if you don't want to jump into the whole like therapy as a thing ask other people in your life for help, right? Like yeah. if you're sucking at the gratitude thing, you know, unless someone be like, can you do the cheesy gratitude thing with me or whatever and find a way to, to get it done. Cause it's like it, life is too short to not end up in these mindsets. Just too yeah. short. Yeah, absolutely. Not into it. Cool. All right. Well, is there anything else, Andrea? I feel like no, that comes we're all full over. circle. It does, Zach. It was cool. nice to get back. Nice to chat with you. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for listening to the shift show. You can go to shiftgrit.com. Uh, and that's where our podcast is. That's where the, uh, uh, if you're in Alberta and want to do therapy, that you can go there and you can, you can come and hang out with us and we'll figure some stuff out. That's cool. So, uh, right on. Thanks for joining me, everybody and Andrea, and, uh, we'll see you next time on the shift show. Ta-da!